Hey there, badass. Welcome to the Leading Rebels podcast, your bi-weekly dose of inspiring advice dished up by kick-ass female leaders. I'm your host, Catherine Dell, and this is episode six of season two, an interview with Courtney Adams, the co-founder and co-director of Girls Growing Up, a leading a new generation of leaders. Originally from California, Courtney came to Europe 20 years ago as a Fulbright Scholar. Since then, she has called Vienna, Prague, and a rural village in France home. She's the co-founder and co-director of Girls Growing Up, Europe's only international girls' leadership and empowerment network. Previously, she co-founded and directed YouthBridge, an award-winning peace-building program working with youth in the post-conflict Balkans. Additionally, she has held key roles in market research, project management, and process development at international companies. Courtney loves people, cultures, languages, reading about as women, and supporting teen girls as they recognize their amazing potential. Real quick, before we dive into the great interview, I wanted to share something with you. We're all busy with a capital B nowadays, I know I am. But even if I'm running around between work, events, and meeting friends, I still want to miss out on yummy and healthy home-cooked meals. One thing I hate though, deciding on what to cook and going food shopping. That is, I used to, until I discovered HelloFresh. They deliver me weekly cookbooks with all the ingredients already portioned to make delicious meals. Problem solved. If you want to try them out and save some time to focus on the important things, like being a good leader, I've got a coupon for you to get 20 euros off your first box. Just head to leadingrebels.com slash hellofresh. Plus, by using my link, you can also invite me to a meal. Now isn't that nice? <laughs> Again, that's leadingrebels.com slash hellofresh. Now let's dive in into today's inspiring interview. Hi Courtney, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you made time to talk to me today. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Super, I would love to. So I'm originally from California, and I studied in Indiana. And right after I finished my studies, I moved to Europe with a Fulbright scholarship through which I worked um, at an Austrian high school for two years. And this was a really defining experience for me because this is how I got a window into how you can make a real difference in a young person's life with just a little bit of guidance and attention. And at that time, I could really see how teachers who made um, an effort to increase inclusivity in their classrooms could make an impact on the students in their classroom and then a ripple effect in the larger community. So that's certainly one of the reasons why a couple of years later, um, when I when I was given the opportunity by a, a peace activist named Sharon Himsel to be part of to lead peace camps, I said yes. So together with three other colleagues, we founded YouthBridge, which was an organization that fostered peace building skills in Serbian and Croatian youth through camps and local activities. By that time, I was working uh, at an executive search company, but really the by far most exciting and rewarding part of my life was the summer camps and the weekends that I spent with these teens. It was because we got to watch them grow into a community and really turn into allies who were thought leaders and change agents in their community. And I mention all of this because it was with that background that then about six years ago, I was sitting at the very wonderful Women's International Networking Conference with one of the other YouthBridge co-founders. And I don't know, as the years had gone by, it had become increasingly clear in our personal and professional lives that the messages girls receive about who they can be and what they can be are really so narrow. And it had become really obvious for us that there's a serious lack of diverse role models for girls to look up to as they're forging their paths in life. So so we're sitting here um, listening to a panel of women from really diverse professional fields speak authentically about their career paths in front of an audience of about 
800 women from all over the world. It's a totally amazing experience. And Christina, um, one of the other YouthBridge co-founders, said to me, you know, why weren't we here 10 years ago or 20 years ago? But this would have been, this is amazing now, but this could have been even, had an even larger impact for us if it had happened earlier in our careers. And very quickly, more questions came for us. What if we could give teenage girls access to this opportunity? What if teen girls could experience this kind of um, international women's network, if they could find powerful role models while they're still young? And then we wondered, you know, could that change the trajectory of a girl's life? And that's how the idea of Gigi was born. Then together uh, with our third co-founder, Chi, we launched our first full camp in um, 2015. And that brings us up today, this many years later, um, where I think what we're seeing is that, yes, access to this kind of experience can change the trajectory of a girl's life. I absolutely love it. I first heard Tina speak last year. That's how I first heard about girls gearing up. And I really love what you guys do and the message that you stand for. And it was super interesting, something you just said earlier. You said you were sitting there and thinking, these are lessons that we could have benefited from 20 years ago. What are the, I would say, of course, there's a very wide range, but what are the main things that you were missing in the beginning that you're trying to impart to them? Special skills, special knowledge. Is there something that stood out to you? Is it like, damn, if I would have had that, it would have given me such a leg up before? I think there's a number of things. One of them is definitely specific skills, but that's maybe more related to the young women of today. I mean, today, I think studies show that girls uh, are lacking exposure to certain STEM skills. So we try to um, to expose girls, to give girls an opportunity to, to practice some of these skills, coding, um, prototyping, ideation. What was missing for me personally was this, this role model. Um, having a role model, speaking to a woman who's farther along in her career path, who can look back on her career and say, these are the, the lessons that I've learned. This is what I would say to my 15-year-old self, to my 25-year-old self. And I think that's something that's incredibly valuable. Sometimes people think that teenagers, I don't know, think they know it all or don't really care that much, but they really do. Um, they, it's amazing how you can watch a room of 25 teenage girls from all over the world, absolutely enthralled, hanging on every single word that a woman says, <laughs> because she's giving them kind of pearls of wisdom. And they're, they're aware of that. They are putting these pearls of wisdom <laughs> in their backpacks, and they're getting ready to take them, you know, to take it with them on their path. I love that. Also, such a beautiful visual. Interesting. What what have been some of the lessons that have stuck out to you that these women have shared that, or maybe especially resonated with with the girls? I can definitely the girls. That's interesting. They take notes during the the interviews, um, and then at the end of the interview, we started this past summer giving feedback to the women about, you know, what were the things that they said that resonated most strongly with the girls. And so I have some in my head because they're the ones the girls said over and over again. One was um, Dr. Amrita Chima, who's a, um, a journalist and anchor uh, at Deutsche Welle. One of the things she said this summer was, if you love it, do it. And that's something that kind of message has been said by several power mentors and the girls always latch on to that. I think that young people are looking for what to do, but they're often told, you know, this would be a successful, you know, this would be a good career path for you or people who follow this path are successful. But um, it's really important and useful for them to hear that you, the being driven by your passion 
is what will help you gain long-term satisfaction. And because we know that people who are passionate about what they do are more likely to be engaged in what they're doing, take risks, grab leadership opportunities, and stay satisfied for a longer period of time. So that's one, definitely. Another thing, um, this summer, um, one of our power mentors said she was a human rights um, lawyer. What she said is, and I, this translates to everything else, what she said is, you don't have to go to law school to wait to be a human rights activist. Start today. Stand up for someone on public transport who's being the victim of some kind of public bullying. Get involved with an Amnesty International campaign. And I think that's something that's really important also. I mean, that's for, important for everybody to hear, but I think that the young young people love hearing that kind of thing. You're not too young to start being important. You are important. You have a voice. You can use it. Um, and that's one of the things we try to impress upon the girls too, is that leadership is a state of mind. You don't have to wait until you're, until you have a title to be a leader. You can start today by, you know, volunteering on the school newspaper or um, participating in the clothes drive or standing up for a kid in, in class and you can, you know, you can demonstrate inclusivity, initiative, responsibility, and you can start today being the leader that you want to be tomorrow. Absolutely. And I also hear that very often from, uh, you know, aspiring leaders, I would say they say, I don't have the position and maybe I'm just entry level or there's nothing I can do, so to say, until I get to that point. And that's also something more experienced women have absolutely said it's like you can always show leadership. It's not a job title that somebody gives you. It's something that you do and display. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the younger we start um, trying to display these characteristics, the more practice we have and the more confident we'll be than when we have the opportunity to also have the job title. I was super interested also on the flip side, because I know it's always happens with these volunteering or helping out or giving back that you always think you're giving yourself to others. And in the end, you often get something unexpected back. So is there something that the women that have participated as power speakers or role models have said that the girls had given them back? Absolutely. And that I think I mentioned this um, when we spoke earlier. At the beginning, I always felt really shy about approaching power mentors, thinking, you know, this, these women have so many things to do. Uh, I don't know if I can ask them to volunteer two hours of their time to speak with our with our girls. But ex over and over again, the kinds of things they say are that they are impressed by the questions that the girls ask, that they are um you know, inspired by how motivated the girls are to learn new things. Um, they ask really insightful questions. It's also an opportunity for our power mentors to reflect upon their journeys as well. Um, a lot of them have said, you know, gosh, I'd never really thought about my path in that way. But it gave me an opportunity to think back on what were the critical moments and and really see how much has changed for me along the way. Also, I think that Many of our power mentors have said, gosh, I was not where they are when I was 15 or 16. And we're talking about really accomplished women who have done, you know, have done amazing things. But we're saying, gosh, they are really far along uh, at 15, 16, 17. Here they are um, moderating a panel. Last February, we did a hackathon. At the end of the hackathon, um, one of our participants, who was 14 at the time, moderated a panel of three um, women in tech in Berlin. And she was expert. <laughs> she really, really mastered it. And she got that feedback from one of the power mentors. I have seen, you know, grown women less poised. Um, and you, you were prepared, you, 
you know, you asked us interesting questions, you moderated the discussion well. So they're often impressed by by these girls and um, motivated, I think, also by the idea that, you know, they are role models for a, for a younger generation. These girls really look up to the women that we speak with. That's great. I, I love that as well. I don't think I also moderated anything at 15 and was very <laughs> impressed with somebody doing that. Definitely, I did not. And and what's really wonderful is that some relationships have developed out of this. This past um, summer, we had a fabulous power mentor um, who's a CIO by day and a DJ by night. You have to imagine how cool she was for the girls. She not only dished out amazing you know, life lessons learned, but she then DJed for us. We had a little dance party. And she was impressed by how motivated the girls were to learn things. And two weeks later, one of our girls started interning for her. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. And it's not the only time we've had one of our girls end up interning for, for our power mentors because, because I think they do. Then they see, gosh, these are teenagers who are really looking, you know, to forge their paths and they're excited and they're motivated to learn. I want to share my knowledge with them. That's really great. And then also something you mentioned earlier, which I would love to know more. How has this bled into your own life? Because, of course, this is a big part of it, but it's not the only thing you do. But do you feel like any of the experiences of or things that have happened with girls growing up has translated into some other parts of your life? Well, yes, definitely. And one of the things I think is in every aspect of my life now, I guess, as um, as a director of girls growing up and the relationship I have with these teenage girls, I feel like what I do has to, I, I have to be a role model for them. I have to live in a way that um, mirrors everything that we try to teach them. And so kind of in everything I do in, in my encounters and everything from um, you know, how I deal with a conflict with person at the bakery or how I manage a conversation or a meeting uh, with my colleagues unrelated to girls gearing up. I think, how how can I do this in a way that would be a model for my girls? I want to represent inclusivity. I want to be someone who kind, who promotes other women, who's inclusive, who gives people an opportunity to shine. And and that is something that I want to do in every aspect of my life, because I want every aspect of my life to be something that could um, serve as a model for these girls. That's a wonderful technique. I've heard people say, kind of imagine your future self and then, you know, judge your decisions or what you do based on that. But that's also a super interesting approach to say, if you have somebody watching you that looks, looks up to you and you want to model positive behavior to how would how would you maybe adjust how you react and act that's also super interesting tactic you know one of our one of our mottos at girls gearing up is and we heard this at the very first at that win conference we were at someone said behind every successful woman is her own hand reaching out to pull a sister up and that is the um, we say that explicitly at the beginning of each of our academies that's the spirit of girls gearing up and that's i guess that's part of how I try to live every single day that I think if I tell this to these teenage girls, I have got to be willing to do this with my life every single day. And then you just said something earlier also, which I wanted to touch on. You said your girls gearing up girls because you also have at home girls. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I wanted to ask here because maybe people are thinking, okay, well, if well, one, if you're listening and you're anywhere there with girls gearing up works, which I'll of course link to and you want to speak and share, I'm sure Courtney will be very happy. Um, but if you're not and you're thinking, okay, I do want to have a positive impact on the girls around me because we're all surrounded by them, be they daughters or nieces or 
to somebody's kid at work or anything like that. How would you say can women have an impact on these girls around them? Oh, there's um, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> um, it depends also uh, for younger girls, um, the girls you see around you. Um, I think it's um, it's really op- important that we that we offer girls a very wide range of narratives about who girls are and who women are. And this starts really early. I think there's a whole discussion now about how you know, clothes for girls are pink and clothes for boys are blue. Um, and that's where it starts. It starts with, I think, offering girls the opportunity to dress in ways that they feel comfortable in offering them all of the colors of the rainbow for, for dressing themselves. And the same goes for boys. Actually, I think that's important too. you know, raising a generation of kids who don't think or who aren't taught to think in these narrow categories of what girls can do and what boys can do. It's about offering girls different types of toys. One thing that I read about some years ago and and make a point of doing is when girls are playing with Legos or with trains, impressing upon them, you know, these are the skills that architects use or engineers use, helping them recognize very early that they have the potential to be, to take on any kind of professional career later in their lives. And I think that's important because recently, I saw just this past year, um, there is a um, an amusement park called Kids Zania, I think, an amusement park chain that offers kids the opportunity um, to, to try different kind of professional skills, but just for fun. And already at age four, they see that girls are heading more towards the traditionally female kind of professions like beautician, um, where boys are heading over to firefighter or policeman. And women wants to be a beautician. That's fabulous. A boy wants to be a firefighter. Fabulous. But I do think that we should be, um, we should be clear that girls can be firefighters and they can be policemen. And I think that the types of toys that we offer them, the types of clothing that we offer them from a very young age make a difference. Also, the books um, that we read to kids can make an impact by offering kids books with a wide variety of very diverse characters doing different things. And we're lucky because now there are there are those resources out there. There's all kinds of books that we can read to our boys and girls about girl engineers and boy caretakers. And I think that's important that we offer these kind of diverse um, narratives to children as they're younger. Also, I think what's really important, and this sounds silly, but I've noticed that uh, that people do it, is talking to girls about what books they're reading and what they're interested in doing and not commenting on their looks as the very first thing that we say to, to girls, because it's not the very first thing we say to boys. That's true. And I also got called out yesterday because I mentioned that uh, my, my brother is going to have a son. And I was like a little bit disappointed because I love good night stories for rebel girls. And I was like, ah, if it would have been a girl, I could have gifted him that. And then uh, it was actually an interview. She said, well, actually, that's not true. You can still gift it to him. It's also amazing for little boys to read about all the amazing women that there have been throughout history. And I was like, that's true. It, it's kind of like stereotyping on the inverse. If I say this amazing book about girls can only go for girls. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then that is, it's an amazing resource. It's a fabulous way for girls of all colors, all religions, all you know cultural backgrounds to learn about amazing women. And it's a great opportunity for boys too to, to, to learn about them. Absolutely. But I think also what we can do is I think volunteer at career days, be a woman. Um, you know, if there's a career day at school, go speak to kids about, about the work you do. And also, you know, if you, if there are teen girls in your, or even preteen girls in your 
entourage, talking to them about your work, whatever your work is, explaining to them what it means, exposing them to to the idea of this profession or that profession, talking to girls about um, any challenges you've faced, what it felt like to be the only woman in the room, and kind of preparing them, or just giving them this kind of information that they can use then as they're um, making their career choices later. I think that there's all kinds of, you can mentor a girl, you can invite girls to to intern at your company, you could invite a Girl Scout troop to, to, tour, your, um, to tour your company or to come spend a day or an, even an hour learning about what you do. I just think it's important that we give girls an opportunity to to learn different different things and to to see all of the opportunities that are out there. Absolutely. And I love that you, that's also what you're doing with the camp. And speaking of that, what has been the impact? Because you've been doing this for a couple of years now and then people say, well, okay, I might do all of this, but what are we actually trying to achieve or what, what happens after I do this, so to say? What has uh, been some of the stories that have come out of it? Gosh, so many great stories. Um, because these girls are really phenomenal. One young woman that we work with, for example, came with her family uh, from Syria three years ago. And the first year she participated uh, in our academy was 2016. And she says herself she was not interested in coming at first. She she says when she arrived in Germany, she felt like she was starting from zero. She didn't know where to start. She felt the ground had been pulled out from underneath her, which is true. And she felt a real lack of confidence that she would be accepted for who she is. And she didn't know how to get started. She finally agreed to come to the academy in 2016. And that's really, I guess, sort of very fundamental to what we do is trying to create a space that celebrates diversity, that values every single girl's contribution. We create a space where every girl feels that she can bring her whole self to the table. And that's important because in that kind of environment, people can be more creative, they can take more risks, and they can really bring their gift um, to the community and everybody benefits from that. And and she did that. Uh, she was shy at the beginning, um, but she kind of stepped more and more into the community and shared more and more of herself with us. We have a tradition the last night of the Academy. We have this kind of anything goes show and she participated because everybody has to participate. And when she went back to her school, um, her mom wrote me a month later and she said, when she came home, I felt that she had changed, but I wanted to wait till school started to see. And she said, now I can tell you um, she's a different person. And she says it herself. She says she made a 180 degree turn. She, The experience of being in a community where she was accepted gave her the confidence to try out. What does it feel like if I'm me in this environment? Will I be accepted? C can that be okay? And she says she was very inspired by um, by different women that we spoke to, women who talked also about not always fitting in, not always being the cool kid, not always knowing what to do in a different kind of situation. And she took that back with her to school and her school administrators spoke with us uh, in the following year and said, it's amazing. It's night and day, the change that this uh, young woman has made. And she is now she's one of our ambassadors. She started her own Girls Gearing Up Club at her school. She is the, the young woman who moderated a panel of three very powerful and important women in tech last February. And her mission in life now is to pay it forward. She says, I want to help other young women to feel comfortable in their skin, to stand up and be leaders. She gave a presentation at the end of the school year about Girls Gearing Up at her school, what it meant for her and why she wants to bring that club to her school so that other girls can feel 
uh, empowered as well. She's um, really a role model for me, quite honestly. Um, she's somebody who found her confidence and is paying it forward. And that's really awesome. I love that. That's an amazing story. And I think it's also always great to see when that happens, because I think we all know, in quotation marks, the be yourself lesson. But it's so much harder to actually live that and and see how it works out and then have the confidence to kind of expand who are the people that you do that with. And the journey that she's done there is amazing from, you know, first in a safer circle to then a wider circle of school and then finally basically in front of strangers on a stage <laughs> feeling confident enough to to be herself in that sense. So that's really an amazing growth story. Absolutely. But I think that her peers have played an important role in that as well. And we, you know, having a network, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that there are people like you out there. And I think that's why it's important also to have women's networks. Um, so, you know, she knows she's not alone. She, our girls are connected on WhatsApp and, you know, and they'll report back to each other. The, one of our girls wrote this fall. Today, I stood up at a meeting of our um, LBGTQ community and I gave an impromptu speech for five minutes about the importance of inclusion and, you know, and I'm so proud of myself. And then, you know, they're getting feedback from from their peers all over the world within five minutes or another one saying, hey, I was so scared today. I I wanted to join the, the model UN group at my school, but I felt really scared. But I thought of you all and I told myself I had to do it. So I went there and I did it. And so I think that having a, a support group, knowing that you're part of a larger community is important in, in having confidence in a sustained manner. Especially because also we, we get told that everything online basically is just a, a recipe for negativity and seeing that it's also a tool that can be very positive and supportive and create community in the true sense is also a great reminder. Thanks so much for this amazing conversation. There is a two last questions I'd like to wrap up with. Is there any resources that you've used or seen others use, be it a book or an activity or anything that you have valued that you would like to share? I think there's a fabulous book um, called How Remarkable Women Lead by Joanna Barsh and some of her colleagues. And they interviewed really successful women from a variety of fields and, and found kind of what were the kind of key takeaways from their from their careers. I loved that book myself. Also, I think for two books that I really love for the groups that we work with and also for for younger people like 20s and like like in your 20s, there's a book called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay, which I uh, recently read. And it was funny because I thought, well, why am I reading this book? I'm not in my 20s. <laughs> but, um, but I think there's a lot of really interesting insight in it when you're working with younger people um, about kind of the challenges of um, coming of age uh, in today's world. I thought that was really useful. And I guess in terms of, I guess, for, for younger people, what I love, there are some, some great, and to the conversation about online communities being negative or positive. Um, there are some great online resources for, for younger people um, that promote diversity and inclusion and promote girls. Like there's a mighty girl online, a mighty girl and Amy Poehler smart girls. Those are, Oh, and the um, girls leadership Institute in the United States. Um, they have a lot of resources, um, books about, you know, books about strong girls and strong women. So these are all, I guess that's more, my focus is, is working with younger people. So those are the resources I look to for helping build them up and, um, and providing them with kind of positive role models. 
But I love that you read The Defiant Decade and are still so involved because I think even if that's not like you, but you do predominantly, the likelihood you'll be working in an organization where new generations are going to come in and that you might be responsible for leading, it's super important to understand them and know what's going on. Oh, absolutely. We have every year we have an intern who's, you know, in her 20s. And I thought it's a lot of it was eye opening for me. I thought, oh, this is really great. You know, and and some of it are really some of it includes words of wisdom that can be useful for anyone, no matter no matter your age. Also, do you know the book What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20? That That's a really nice one, too, for that age group um, by Tina Selig, who's a professor at Stanford, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have any like parting words that you would like to share? What's your what, what is is there is there a certain message or a certain advice or anything that you like listeners to take away with them? It's a really great question. I guess I think that in today's world, it's really important that we prepare the next generation of leaders. I just yesterday I saw again somewhere. What is that? If you plan for a year, plant rice. If you're planning for 10 years, plant a tree. And if you're preparing for 100 years, teach children. I probably didn't didn't get that completely right. But I think that that's really important. Today, for me, we see more and more divisiveness and we see the polarization of communities. And I think that our best chance at, at being successful in bridging that divide and sowing um, respect and inclusivity, which will benefit not only our personal lives and our social structures, but also has a long-term um, benefit for companies, for profits. The best way for us to do that is to raise young people who have an understanding of the importance of our of global connectivity and raise young people who have um, who feel a sense of responsibility to their peers, to other people around the world and raising young people who feel invested in creating a society in which everyone can play a part. I love that. And I also hope that today's conversation is going to inspire listeners who to feel called to action here as well, to either volunteer, as you said, or mentor, or do any of the various things, even if it's a small thing like gifting an inspiring book. Absolutely. A book can make such a big difference. Ah, of course, two more books. Um, Half the Sky. <laughs> Half the Sky is an amazing book and it's really, you know, great. It gives you a great insight into into how people can make an amazing impact in their community and the amazing work that people are doing all over the world. Perfect. Well, then thanks so much, Courtney, for taking the time to talk. I'm so looking forward to all the things that Girls Gearing Up is going to do in the next amazing camps and everything else to come. Thank you so much. We will be following you as well, especially, I mean, this is a great, um, this podcast is a great resource that I've actually just recently shared with our girls as well, because it's, it's an excellent opportunity for them, no matter where they are in the world, to get insight from all of these amazing women that you've been speaking with. So thank you for what you're doing. Thanks so much. I'm glad that I can also mentor and help a little bit, even if from a distance. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Kat. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. I hope today's episode helped you unleash the badass boss within you. Check out the show notes to learn more about Courtney and girls gearing up, as well as some of Courtney's recommended resources. Love this episode? Head over to iTunes or SoundCloud to subscribe and never worry about missing an episode again. Until next time. <laughs>